I'm Lockie, and you're listening to Mind Over Money, presented by Waymaker. Cars, cars, cars. We love our cars in Australia, and it's no surprise we have a lot of marketing around cars here. According to the AAA, Australian households spend on average $384 per week on transport. 40% of that, so about $150 a week of that is spending on car loan repayments. So we're here to talk about cars today and the cost of running cars in your household budget. To talk about that, I got Archie and Tim. G'day, guys. How's it going? G'day, Lachlan. G'day, Tim. Archie, I love your cap. Thanks. <laughs> it's a podcast, Lachie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's, my, it's my gardening cap. Thanks for that, Lockie. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Hoselink. <laughs> Archie, people are feeling the pinch lately. People are stressed about cash flow. And obviously, cars are a big part of that in terms of using up the family budget. So can we talk about that and maybe how to reduce our costs when it comes to transport so that we can free up some of that cash flow and help people get ahead in their finances? Yeah. If we, we've got to put everything in perspective. And so if we look at what's, what's the median income in Australia, it's $52,338. That's the gross amount. Uh, The net is 44,000 after tax. So if we've got a family, uh, you know, household of two, that's going to be 88,000 net income coming into that household. So what we found in the stuff that we work on uh, with finances with people is that if we spend around 10% of that net income on car costs, uh, that puts us in a position where we can get ahead and enables us to pay down home loans and enables us to create investments so that we never have to pay for a car again. So 10%, that's about 8,800. And that's almost yep. double of what we just talked about with these stats here. So 384 a week, that's mm. about 20 grand, 20 grand a year. Mm. Um, although if we take out the car loan repayments, it brings it back to about uh, 12. So yep. lots of room here to still save money. Yeah. So we should be looking at, you know, what, what's it actually costing us to run our car? Are we using debt for our cars? Uh, because that's costing money as well. Mm. You know, there's quite a few points that we're going to look at today in around car costs. What we want to do is take control of our money and take control of our life. (laughs) And we don't want to leave it up to marketing. We don't want to leave it up to some salesman, you know, selling us something that's going to cost us a lot of heartache. Uh, That's why we're giving these figures, because this is something that we can actually work on and know what our situation is like. And when we know we're doing well, that's a good feeling. We we're mm. in control. Yeah, if you want to be average, do as average does, and it's mm. not always the smart. If you want to fit in with everyone else, um, but if <laughs> yeah. you want to get ahead, I think I guess what we're seeing with the stats is we need to adjust and do mm. something different. And um, obviously, people are in a tight spot, and that, and something mm. has to change. And um, we can't just wait for the government to take care of it. Mm. So I think we're really in the the driver's seat when it comes to our choices with cars. So I think it'll be great to maybe have a discussion around that. What what can we do in the area of transport costs? And because mm. they are rising, maybe it's interesting to talk about why are they rising and then mm. how can we adjust with the times? 
and, and we've got to take all this in consideration too that a lot of people are going to have these big home loan payments now too. And so we could have 40% of our net income going to the home loan payment. And then based on these stats, another 25% going on to car costs. So we've lost 65% of our income before we even mm. want to go buy some food or go out or have a holiday. So this, this is where we feel very out of control and very mm. stressed is if, if we've got these sort of stats. So there are two main reasons for high transport costs, which we'll explore today. And the first one being fuel costs. Lockie and I, we're living in Brisbane and Brisbane is popular. I'm an immigrant to Brisbane. And just traffic here, I was really shocked at how mm. much congestion there is. And I guess these days people are driving more and more and there's just more people. And I don't know if the city's quite ready for it, but mm. it's so much starting and stopping in traffic. We're spending so much more on fuel each month. So fuel prices uh, are really controlled by OPEC. Uh, that's the organization that looks after uh, petroleum exporting countries. And here in Australia, we no longer refine our own fuel. So we've outsourced that overseas and let someone else have the problems with the pollution, uh, which, which is, tends to be what, what we keep doing in Australia is moving stuff overseas. And so we're not in control of those prices anymore. Uh, we're not in control of, of the fuel uh, in the country. And also it's having a big impact on the fertilizer industry because the fertilizers that used to be produced here in Australia are now being produced overseas. So yeah, so we can't control those fuel prices. Uh, it's being controlled by supply and demand uh, elsewhere. And so, so that is a big part of what's happening with the costs at the moment is those higher fuel prices. And we've seen this ever since the 70s. So we've seen those, those fuel prices go right up at times. Uh, we've seen fuel shortages in the past, uh, again, because, yeah, we weren't in control. Mm. I think people are noticing it just recently because since about middle of this year, June 2023, we were sitting at about a dollar sixty average, but it's moving mm. up towards the two dollars now, dollar eighty nine, two dollars average. So I think people are really noticing it again at the Bowser. Yeah. So while we can't control global fuel prices, we can control our fuel consumption, how much we're using, how much we're driving around town, crossing town, how organised we are when we go mm. out and use mm. our car. Even the times in which we go out, oh, the other day I had to go out to the shop. Well, this is the thing. I didn't have to go at this time, but I did go at this time, which turned out to be peak hour. And what would have taken me 10 minutes breezing along the highway took me 35 minutes of stuck in traffic. <laughs> so that was on me. And I guess we, I make that point because that's what I mean by we can manage our fuel consumption. Yeah. Also, the size of our car is going to have a big impact on how much fuel we're using as well. Yeah, there's lots of ways we can manage the efficiency of our vehicles too, right? From simply changing the aircon setting to even something I always did with my mechanic was change the fuel filter. My mechanic would often change the fuel filter for me to keep the engine running efficiently. Mm. Even things like servicing your car tires on time can help mm. with fuel efficiency. Mm. It's these little things we don't realize. And if we are neglecting our cars then we're neglecting the efficiency of those cars. And so it's more likely going to lead us down the path to go, oh, you know what? Stuff this car, I'll just get a new one. When there was nothing wrong with our car to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I think another way we can even manage the efficiency is our style of driving, which is could be a hard thing to change. At the moment, I'm teaching my wife to drive. So 
um, which is good. It's testing our marriage. And <laughs> but that's, that's an opportunity for me to, to say, okay, this is how we break. You know, this is when you speed up, you don't need to like put the foot down. To, <laughs> pedal to the metal. That's right. That's right. She's a bit of a speed demon. So um, it's <laughs> kind of L plates. Um, so it's been, it's been just an interesting thought process for me as well to be like, okay, how do we drive efficiently? And mm, it's economically. It's, mm. Yeah. It's been very, yeah, educational. When my dad um, died back in the 90s, he had a Land Cruiser that he'd had since the 70s. So this car was like uh, over 20 years old. And when we took it to the mechanic, there was no brakes because my dad hadn't <laughs> used the brakes in 20 years. <laughs> and, 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 and the brake pads were all still perfect and everything, but everything was frozen because uh, nothing had been used. Because what my dad did was he always slowed down before the lights and changed gears and waited for the lights to change oh. so then he never had to stop. Yeah. So I don't know how he stopped at the end when he had no brakes, but somehow he did. But he did that to get efficiency. And yeah. he also never drove at the top speed limit. He always drove it around 80, 80 k's an hour on the highway, much to everyone's annoyance. Back when you had single lanes. <laughs> but again, he, he did that to get efficiency because he had a, a car that was terrible on efficiency. The old Land Cruiser mm. was just a shocker. So the type of car that we choose to buy does make a difference with the efficiency. Mm. That leads us into the second reason, which is the cost of the car and how mm. much we're spending to maintain our cars. Yeah, this is a big part of how we budget and there's so much marketing around new cars and they look so good. It's just like, you know, the new mobile phones that you keep upgrading. I think it's so similar with our cars and these big ticket items. Um, and there's new models every year. And just so there's a nice life cycle of the car and you're interested in buying the next the next new upgraded version that has slightly new features or slightly bigger <laughs> bezels oh i mean for your windshield and for people who are like leasing cars this is great for the company because your old car feels out of date and then you get the newer model and it comes with all these different bells and whistles like okay mm. you don't have to do you don't have to pay for your next service and we'll do that for the next five years and then when you kind of run out of that you're just more inclined to be like oh i have to start paying servicing now i'm just going to take out mm. another lease and continue the cycle of having a new shiny car there mm. it feels like you're saving money but if we kind of project out from what we've seen project out the costs you're probably not saving money in the long term is that fair to say yeah you're not thinking about the type of car you're actually in mm. need for yeah and the true costs of the car. That's the problem with leasing and debt is it masks the true cost of that car. Mm. And, and marketing is designed to get you not to think about the cost. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. yeah, it's all about the exactly. feelings and it's all about the emotions. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so if we're going to manage our, our finances so that we can get ahead and, and you know, enjoy our life, because that's, that's what it's all about is being able to enjoy our life uh, because we're not stressed out about the money side of things, then we do need to plan what our car's mm -hmm. going to cost. We do need to plan out how that's going to work. 
like I've, I've kept all my cars for 10 plus years. Uh, mm-hmm. I've even bought them at 10 years old and kept them till they were 20 <laughs> so, uh, to keep mm-hmm. car costs down. But, you know, that's, that's where you work through uh, what, what's it actually going to cost me to run this car and yeah. is, is my car efficient and working for me? And maybe because we're talking about pain at the moment, sometimes we've got to make some big decisions to get out of that pain. And so we don't want to make a quick decision. We want to, you know, really think about it and put something in place that's going to be long-term uh, and give us long-term results. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so we've put up a chart on our Instagram page if you want to check it out. Um, it's just showing the average annual running cost for different categories, so different sizes of vehicles, and it's by the RACQ. Just note the average is 15,000 kilometers per year. It's an interesting chart maybe to look at your car and see it goes from light, small cars to medium SUVs, electric, and you can project out, okay, if I get an SUV, a large SUV, this is the difference. For example, the average annual cost, let's say a medium SUV, what would that be, like a CX-5 Mazda? I think the CX-5 was under the large SUV category. That's a large, oh, wow. Yeah, so the average cost there is 18000 versus a medium car itself could be 15000 or a small car could be 12000 So a small car would be like a 280 Yaris. Mm. Or an I-30. But there has been this push to buy larger cars, especially SUVs. And on average, we're finding, well, from this data, it's showing that there's an average of $5,000 more to run those cars every single year. And that's on the average of 15,000 kilometers, which some people are doing a lot more than that. Mm. So there can be quite a significant cost difference uh, between cars. But then you look at the individual cars within each category, and there's another chart that explains that and we're going to put a link to this chart in the show notes again it's by racq and it's looking at the cars at 15,000 kilometers a year new to five years range so these are new cars to five years old and it looks at the annual costs of them so for example we've got in the suv small bracket we've got the toyota yaris cross or the toyota yaris cross hybrid and they're sitting at around 11,000 11,500 to run per year and if you jump down into the Mazda CX-5 Sport, which is actually classed as an SUV medium. Sorry, I corrected myself. A medium SUV Mazda CX-5 Sport is about 16000 to run a year. So again, about a $5,000 difference just by choosing a medium size SUV versus a small size SUV and different brands. So we can see that each car has a different running cost. And so we really need to evaluate what type of or category of car we're buying and then also what brand of car we're buying, and then even looking at what badge of car we're buying, because the different badges cost different amounts to insure, and that mm. affects our running costs as well. And when it, when it comes to hybrids, I, I drove a hybrid years ago over in Taipei City in Taiwan, and Tim was talking before about how bad the traffic is in Brisbane. Well, Taipei's on steroids compared to Brisbane when it comes to <laughs> congestion and traffic. Those little scooters. That hybrid, I drove that hybrid for eight hours in heavy traffic for a whole day, and I used five litres of fuel. Wow. It oh. was so good, and it was so roomy. It was a small, one of those small SUV ones, and it was so roomy, and it was such a good car to drive. Yeah. Mm. And quiet as well, nice and quiet. Oh, yeah. When I was in China back in May of this year, most of the cars on the road now are hybrids or electric. Mm. And mm. there's so much more efficiency and the traffic is so quiet. That was what shocked me coming back to Australia is how noisy the traffic was here. Yeah. <laughs> so I caught yeah. a glimpse of our electric future and it is it is nice. <laughs> yeah. 
very nice and yeah. quiet on the road. But if you're like me and you live in the bush, then you don't want a hybrid because there's no fuel efficiency in a hybrid when you're driving long distances. Yeah. So it's all about the traffic is where the hybrids do really well. Mm. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes to that report and you can have a look at the different running costs. Before we wrap up this episode, Archie, it's probably worth also talking about what the marketing is right now around new cars and debt and consolidating debt to buy new cars. We're seeing a lot of advertising out there. Yeah, I've just been noticing the ads around home loans that they're advertising how you can save money and improve your cash flow. It's going to be around consolidating debt to you know get those car loans out of your uh, cash flow and across into your home loan. But that doesn't fix the problem. That's only making your problem worse because now you've added it to your home loan. You're going to pay a whole stack more interest. And if you're going to go and replace the car in five years' time, you're going to either end up with another car loan or you're going to have to whack it on your home loan again. Mm. So, mm. so you're not really fixing the problem. Obviously, it looks so easy when you watch the ads <laughs> and, that's, and that's what they're promoting is how easy it is to fix this problem, but you're not actually fixing the problem. So what we're encouraging people with today is, you know, take, take a bit of time, jump in, find out what your situation is and how you can actually really fix it. Because we've helped people in the past to consolidate car loans into a home loan, but that's so that they could start investing and then those investments will pay for their future cars. So we're actually fixing the problem by doing that. Right. You know, but that requires advice. You've got to, you know, get some advice around that and look at your specific situation. Because if you just go out and do the debt consolidation, uh, you'll probably just end up spending the money and that's not gonna fix anything. Okay, so to wrap up, let's take a look at today's plan of action. We wanna give you something to go away with and some simple steps that you can take and put some things into action. So the first thing to think about is Look at your net household income and set a target of 10%, as we mentioned earlier, for your transport costs. And that gives you something to aim towards. Maybe you're not hitting it yet. Um, that's, that's okay. But now you kind of have a, a gauge of where you're at and where you can go. Um, the second thing is to look at your situation and where you're living and working and see what type of car and how many cars you really need. Um, that's not something you could change in a week. <laughs> but that is something you can begin to plan for and to start to think through. And, mm. and then number three is potentially downsize or change a car. And there's a bit of effort involved, but as with anything, a bit of effort now has dividends down the track. Mm. Fourth thought is look at the running costs, the true, the true costs. You can use some of the uh, materials from the RACQ in the show notes to get an idea. And also you can make your own projections. Uh, but don't rely on the marketing to tell you how much it's going to cost. Um, you need to look at your unique situation and how much it's actually cost. And that's sometimes not a fun exercise to peel back the carpet and see what's underneath there. <laughs> but it's an important one to know where you're at. And then maybe you'll know where the money is disappearing to. Um, number five is keep an eye on your fuel consumption. Again, use apps like we've mentioned to find the cheapest fuel and also keep your car in good condition. So like the mm. fuel filters and the tires, because that all affects the running costs, mm. especially now. It doesn't look like the prices are going to go down anytime mm. soon. So make a plan now. And this, the last thought uh, is come and talk to us at Waymaker. This is 
the discussions we have around cash flow, where we can talk together, see areas where there can be improvement and where we can encourage you to, to make changes and set, set goals. This is a big area where you can free up cash flow to be able to pay down debt, but also invest so you can move ahead mm. and own cars down the future without the stress of loans mm. attached to them. That's good. Remember, cars are not a status symbol. They're really a tool for getting around. Mm. Uh, I've always seen them that way myself, you know, but you do, you do find some people, uh, you know, take a lot of pride in their cars. <laughs> so, um, but, but if you want to focus on getting ahead and, you know, having a great life, uh, you know, sometimes it pays to get rid of the status symbol and really focus on what's most important to you. And that comes back to our values. You know, we have more values than just whether we drive a certain car. So thanks as always for listening to Mind Over Money, the podcast that helps Australians have finances that work. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for education purposes only and is not financial advice. Uh, you can head over to thewaymakerpodcast.com.au if you'd like to connect with one of our trusted wealth partners, such as a financial advisor, accountant, mortgage broker, buyer's advocate or solicitor. They can help you to get advice that's tailored to your situation.